0: There are men who think that Lando Calrissian is probably the leather they use in a Jeep Cherokee. There are men who think the Infinity Gauntlet is probably the final event on American Gladiator. And then there's Doug Bost and Adam Bernstein, two men who should have better things to do but aren't doing them right now. These are two grown-ass men.
1: Grown-ass men there are men there are men sitting right here
0: there are two men in a room thinking about thanos
1: oh yes (laughs) friends every now and then grown-ass men have to revisit a classic thread in comic books and we chose one of the giant ones today one of the cosmic it's so cosmic that we, we can't even really get our minds it's, around it's it. It's huge.
0: Every character is involved. It's just, it's galactic. It's celestial. It's the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, the six-issue series 19, from nine,
1: 1991.
0: 91, yep. George it's, Perez did most of the art, but um, then right. uh, not all. Ron Lynn, mm-hmm. I think. And, uh, of course, written
1: by... Jim Starlin, yes. our favorite my favorite anyway but uh yeah i had never read it it's such a big looming book that's it's talked about a lot and i did look on a lot of websites to see like what are the what do people consider the most important threads in marvel Uh that came up almost in every list and so we both read it you know i read it like two days ago i guess you read it yeah, I'd never read it
0: either. So the basic story of the Infinity Gauntlet is that in order to impress death, Thanos has stolen from the elders of the universe, he's stolen all of the Infinity Gems.
1: Infinity Gems, they're the soul gems. Time, space, reality, soul power. Gems. Gems. The soul gems. Yes. Put them
0: all together into this one glove, the gauntlet, the Infinity Gauntlet, there. and now he can control everything. And his his own Steve Bannon is Mephisto, who's over his shoulder whispering yeah. terrible things to him, I telling him of course him, thought of Trump too. Yes, he's telling him know. terrible things to do, and he's telling him, okay, what you should really, if you really want to impress a woman like Death. You need to show that you
1: can destroy everything. What did you that think you about that? that the the woman is death. I didn't. I didn't overly mind overly
0: cliche, I, she, sexist. I, I didn't find it that. I, I guess I didn't find it that sexist. I just. Mm-hmm. I was just disappointed that nothing happened with it, and it didn't go. She didn't stick around. She was. Um, gone after the fourth issue and she no longer was the reason that he had to do what he was doing. He wasn't right, it trying to impress switched,
1: her. gets switched over to his granddaughter, his supposed granddaughter gets control of the gauntlet and reverses everything
0: he did. That could be good because in the Guardians of the Galaxy, she's a good character. Yeah. But the thing I thought with Death is he's trying to impress Death the right. whole time. Mm-hmm. And he keeps saying, "What will impress you? Your death? What you know? What will it be? Is it is it bravery? Do I have to put myself out there? Do I have to kill a lot of other things? What impresses death?" Right. And it's kind of obvious that, or it was to me that he has to die to impress death. I mean, right, that's right. the thing that she really wants. And and then, but it
1: never happens. Right. And so I thought, you know, he, he ends up on like a farm or. Something. Yeah, they, sort, a bit they give weird. up on the
0: storyline with death. I was never a fan of all the huge crossover series like yeah. Secret Wars and all those things. And it always seemed a little, like I just was never very interested in Thanos.
1: Right. I mean, it's funny. There's a lot of crossovers. That becomes such a huge thing. I guess it just helps sell more books. You know, And there were other crossover books involved in the Infinity Gauntlet, which I did not read. There's Hulk issues, there's something in cloak and dagger.
0: Yeah. I think that I think at the same time that they had the six issue Infinity Gauntlet, they had all these side stories going on <clears> in <throat> yeah. different people's monthly books. Yeah. There's something going on with Thor where he's not it's not The Thor, regular it's not, Thor. Yeah, it's not yeah, it's a different Donald Thor.
1: Blake yeah. Or whoever became Thor at that point, you know. But uh But I read it and I
0: I liked it. I liked it better than I thought I would. Okay. And I I thought it set up some interesting things. And then I started thinking the Marvel Universe is like ours, our universe, but with one difference, God is dead. And the powers that we associate with God are kind of divided up across the heroes and villains of the Marvel Universe. And the Infinity Gauntlet is the story where one person tries to unify all that power, and put God back in charge. Right. But he fails.
1: Right, and Thanos, but Thanos in the opening thing destroys the wooden, like, not wood, I mean, like the stone, whatever, that says God. Right. You know, so it's like, I mean, there was a lot of things I I couldn't, automatically was paralleling it to like, our crazy world, these leaders who are just like despots, who like, for some reason, in their past or whatever they have this huge need to just control everything yeah and i thought it was so the part about it that i didn't like which i think is very absurd was thanos is doing this all because he wants to get the female personification of death to be into him and i thought that was like but that's the thing that just I'm like, all right, whatever. But the other problem was that they kind of dropped that. It all
0: goes over to the warlock comes in and it's all warlock, and death doesn't come back at the end.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's warlock is such a bizarre character when Starlin takes over. It's so whatever wild <laughs> notions he has, you know. It's like this war for warlock. It's his giant game. He's observing. And he's dealing with the most, you know, the biggest characters, you know, superheroes, one, but also the most cosmic, huge characters in the Marvel Universe, Galactus, and Infinity, I mean, and Eternity.
0: The Celestials. He, and this <laughs> is the so comic crazy. book this series brings everybody in. So all the heroes who survive right. the uh, initial cataclysm, and then all the heavy hitters
1: that Jim Starlin loves. Right. The, the FF Celesteals are not in it.
0: That's kind of funny.
1: Yeah. I thought I was just, you know, and, and I read later on, there's a thread in Fantastic Four where Reed Richards gets a hold of the stones mm-hmm. in order to neutralize them. And he doesn't succeed. So he gives it to the Illuminati, you know, <laughs> anyway, that's like a separate thing there. Right. But, uh, I yeah I bum out when like the FF aren't included in that, but it and I think I'm reacting also because the current movie world is excluding the FF.
0: It makes sense for the current uh, Marvel universe in the movies how they're doing. They're putting it together in a way that's interesting, and and you can see how they're gonna make this collision course with Thanos. Yeah, because they're they're building up. They're building up the universe. They're building all the people all the characters who have all these powers, right. and then you've got one guy over here, Thanos, who's amassing this ridiculous amount of power that's going to require everybody to team up and go after him. In the, I was looking at the, of the list of the Infinity Stones and what they are, because yes. that was the thing I couldn't... I can never keep it in my mind. I can't...
1: It's an interesting notion. Yeah, do you have a list of what they all I are? I do.
0: That In the... Marvel movies, Doctor Strange is the one who has the Time Stone. Right. And he's got it in The Eye of Agamotto.
1: Right. He And we saw that in the movie. Yeah. He, like, can deal with time, which he, they did great. They did the great. Movie. It
0: was great. There's the Space Stone to control everything to do with space, and Loki had that. Right. He
1: had it on that, like, scepter The Tesseract. Thing. Right.
0: And then uh, there's the Mind Stone, which is used in... Age of Ultron to create the Vision and the Vision's right. wearing it on his right. forehead. Uh, and then there's the reality stone which is in the um, Thor movie, Thor The Dark World.
1: and Right, it's on Asgard.
0: Yeah, like some of the Asgardians give it to the collector at the end of Benicio Del Toro. <laughs> right, right. They but it's it also,
1: him. it's in, in the comics, it's guarded by Hemdel. Is that okay. his name? Who guards the Rainbow yes. Bridge? Hemdel. yes right
0: uh and then there's the power stone which is in the guardians of the galaxy and at the end of guardians of the galaxy they give it to the nova core right so that's the stone but the one that's not in the movies yet is the sixth stone which is the soul gem right and that
1: that was like a big part of the warlock books that we read in a much earlier episode of grown ass
0: men. So, do you think that Warlock is going to be in the Marvel universe? This has the been movies.
1: I read, I was reading about this, and I people are all over the place about this because he's not a major character unless you're into the Starlin world.
0: You got to do him right too because he can be silly, ridiculous. But he's, but somebody like yeah, you, but who gets it? Somebody like James Gunn who did the Guardians of the Galaxy, he could do it. He could right. do it. He could have a lot of fun with it.
1: The thing is, they would have to take this concept so seriously for it to not be this lame. Because they have to really deal with this deep philosophy of what these stones all represent and not having them together. And then the power, you know, the godlike power that you would have, you know, which in the Infinity Gauntlet Thanos has, which he has it on his glove... And, like, he's able to do... No one can stop him. Right. Nobody can stop him once he gets it. George Perez's art with Joseph Rubenstein. Is that his name? Yeah. Joseph the Rubenstein
0: ain't. is the inker. He was great.
1: It's incredible. I mean, like, I'm, like, totally cavelling over the art on every page. I'm, like, this is incredible. It's very Starlin-esque. You know, I think they maybe even did that on purpose. I mean, they would. They were completely influenced by Jim Starlin's portrayal of all the characters. And it's amazing, but he has to pull out. George Perez pulled out because he can't handle all the work. He was apparently doing Wonder Woman at the time.
0: It was too much for him to do all that stuff at once. And so he, he could only do, what, three issues or yeah, four
1: issues? four. I think he splits the work on They're the four. They're not regular
0: issues either. They're super long. Like but, Each issue yeah. is like 40 pages.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of work. A lot. And I almost think like even Jim Starlin like to really move that through to the end and keep all the parts of the plot tight and not use things that are just easy to end it would require some rewriting and like like a book you know, I, I, I don't know. Is he sitting down and writing a book and going over and over? And I don't get the sense that's what they're doing.
0: These are all questions that we would love to ask Jim Starlin.
1: Jim Starlin, I've contacted you twice on Facebook. You ignore me. Jim, we want to we <laughs> <laughs> very
0: respectfully ask about your process. We have a lot of questions about Adam Warlock.
1: Yeah, I mean, how did you think of that stuff, man? It's far out, you know. I mean, he... and. What's funny about it is that he stays with it for 20 years. He's like... He's so into that thread. You know, he stays with it for 20 years. And now the movie is going to be coming out. And I saw him posting a little bit about it. He's like, look, look at this. Look what they're doing. You know, he's like... He's almost surprised, you know. Well, I, I actually...
0: I was thinking about, like, what's my favorite and what's my least favorite part of the Infinity Gauntlet? And I actually liked the stuff where Thanos is trying to impress Death. Yeah. I actually that was kind of my favorite part of the book because it it humanized him and it I got involved in it. And then there's a, even a point where he gets so pissed off at Death that she's ignoring him that he creates his own woman. He's like, right. "See, I don't need you." And he yeah. creates this woman who's like life All itself over him. Yeah. And uh, and it's he is immediately not interested in her because he wants death. Who's this aloof woman that he can't get? On the other hand, like my least favorite stuff is, unfortunately, I think it's the stuff that really is kind of very close to Jim Starlin's heart. It's Puck and Gamora and the relationship there. Like I'm just not oh, what's very his, interested. What is his name?
1: The Cigar Guy? Isn't it Puck? Isn't no, he Puck? it's um. Oh man. Pip like. the Troll. Pip the Troll.
0: There you go. Very good. So in this one, though, Pip the Troll and and Gamora, yeah. I think, are sort of reincarnations of criminals who die in a car crash on Earth. Yeah, I didn't I was quite like, get, I didn't all get that. get that. No, yeah. I didn't get that at all.
1: I loved a lot of the side moments of characters interacting in a way. Like, just the idea of Warlock and Silver Surfer hanging out <laughs> and the like silver so sort is of like i gotta get in there you know like i have to go fight you know he's like no it's not the time yet it's just a kind of funny dynamic of two of the most cosmic powerful beings in the marvel universe you know but they're not human so they're, they're operating on a whole other realm and i also like the little uh vignette of uh wolverine and hulk Oh, I love sitting that. on I love the that. yes, you know, on the rooftop, you know, and you know, Hulk at this point has Banner's consciousness, so he's even wearing clothes, you know, and they have Wolverine, and they like why did they get Wolverine involved because he's just an animal he can kill anybody, right?
0: But they had and this Hulk great scene too. where they kind of admit that they like each other and that right. they have a mutual respect even though they've fought like. Cats and dogs for years, yeah. They are similar at the at the core.
1: Are you surprised that the next Marvel movie is gonna be about this story?
0: Not really, because when I started thinking about the whole God is dead idea, it kind of started to make sense to me mm-hmm. that in a in a way it explains the whole Marvel universe. Why why is the Marvel universe slightly different than the world that you and I live in, Mm -hmm. it's because they live in a world where God is dead and all these powers are, all the powers that you associate with God are sort of split up and Thanos has assembled them and it's a way of uniting, which all the movies love to do, Mm -hmm. uniting all these different characters because they're more than ever getting into these crossovers Right. where Iron Man's going to be in the Spider-Man movie and Captain America was really kind of an Avengers movie. And now the Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers and Spider-Man, right. they're all going to meet. The Thor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is so far. I think we have also talked about this, It like with Starlin and Warlock. We haven't talked about Captain Marvel in the Marvel Captain Marvel that much, but he's also part of that world so much. like.
0: But he's not in this, right? Or does there is some character someone who's got like, the qu- quasar. Yeah. He's got the, uh, the uh, wrist. Wrist
1: things yeah. things,
0: yeah. Bracelets.
1: I mean, I think one of the things that was Marvel was built upon was Stan Lee taking it outside of the cosmic realm emotionally, even though if he had Galactus and the Watcher, which would seem a much more Kirby-esque ideas. You know, Stan Lee's thing is always like the emotional relationships, and that's what and the kid made from so, Queens, yeah, right, made it so magical. Mm-hmm. But Jim Starlin is just like throwing that out the window. He likes to have some emotional stuff in there, but it's just so on a far out level. The whole but yeah, thing that's that he's talking that's why about.
0: I always avoided the Infinity Gauntlet because I'm not as interested in the, the Starlin way of looking at comic books right i'm much more interested in spider-man and daredevil and that that stuff sure. than in you know galactus and eternity and the celestials and all that stuff
1: i like i like i like uh, both mm-hmm. you know but i do like the warlock thread the first time a lot more it's so much more philosophical there's a lot less characters he really develops them you know i think those books are just so unusual for the time. And because he drew, basically drew them all and wrote them. It was just like, it's his own. That's like you get his total vision. I was surprised to see George Perez do it. But he does. George Perez likes to draw all of them, to all the characters together. He he's, does. He, he, loves he always to does do that. do that, right?
0: Like a Teen Titans and all that kind of stuff.
1: You know, he and even like posters of every Marvel character. Yeah. You know, he's like really into that. Yeah. Was he a writer? Did he write? scripts did he write i don't think he wrote teen titans that's a good i did that with marv wolfman i think Maybe i always think of him as a plotted or something
0: an, an artist and not a writer yeah i am kind of excited for because i love the guardians of the galaxy uh, i
1: really loved the first one and i love that it was refreshing
0: they're bringing together the avengers and the guardians uh to fight thanos right. and it's gonna be josh brolin Playing Thanos, yes, and he's great. He's good in a lot of things, so I think he'll be good as Thanos, and it'll be fun to see somebody put some humanity into that, yeah, into that galactic villain.
1: Well, grown ass man, there you have it. You could check out the Infinity Gauntlet. I'm, it, I'm sure they have like them at any comic book shop. Yes, you know, all put together nicely in like a paperback. You know, or a hardcover book, <laughs> and you can just look at that beautiful art, you know. But in the coming weeks, yeah, what's we happening? We are going to be weeks?
0: interviewing Klaus Janssen, which I cannot wait to do. That's going to be
1: incredible,
0: fantastic artist. He worked on all of Frank Miller's stuff. He worked on The Dark Knight. He worked on the um, Daredevil. He worked on the Daredevil, the great Daredevil series. And then he went on to draw Daredevil by himself, I believe. And I just can't wait to talk to Klaus Janssen. He's got a new project that's coming out uh, in the summer that he wants to talk about.
1: I was thinking about it. I mean, like, he is a giant in the art world. Man, that's going to be awesome. I can't wait to talk to him. Well, thanks, grown ass people. Thanks for listening. Happy President's Day. Goodbye. Grown-ass man.